Hey everybody, Al here. Before we get started, just wanted to remind you all that we're doing a giveaway. Giving away a Black Series Ray and just leave a review on iTunes and you will automatically be entered in that giveaway uh, for the chance to win this super cool Black Series uh, Hasbro Ray action figure on a Starkiller base. She's got a lightsaber and everything and we're trying to bring more Ray into the world. So we want to give one away to leave that review and hopefully you'll win. All right, on to the show. Lost. I am lost. And yet, I can feel his presence so close, so close. I can see him in my mind's eye. Kenobi. Kenobi! End here like this. Welcome to Reaction Core, where we react to and analyze Star Wars past and present. These Reaction Core episodes are special editions of Children of the Force, which is a podcast about Star Wars by one adult and his two kids. I'm Al Nowatsky, the adult. I'm Anna, and I'm ten. I'm Liam, and I'm eight. And we're talking about Twin Sons today, the Rebels episode Twin Sons, the 20th episode of season That's three. 22 episodes. We have two more episodes left. We have one more hour-long episode left. And it's split into two episodes, I know. The season finale is next week. What? I know. Awesome. Do we get to watch it? We're going to get to watch it next week, yeah. (gasps) We're probably going to do a reaction (laughs) card about that, too. We might might have to, yeah. Um, So, first of all, spoiler alerts, we're talking all about Twin Sons. So watch it first before you listen to this. Um, Yeah. And then come back and listen. But if you don't want to watch it and you just want to listen to this... Then. Sure. True. All right. Well, this uh, this episode, Twin Sons, was directed by Dave Filoni, and it was written by Dave Filoni and Henry Gilroy. So when we know Dave Filoni, we hear we know all about him, right? Because he's the one who created Clone Wars with George Lucas, and he created Rebels with with um, Greg Weissman and uh, Henry Gilroy, I think, uh, or Henry Gilroy wrote a lot in that first season. So um, yeah. So if if there are two people, I think, who know Maul and who we should trust with this story, it's those two guys. And and uh, Henry Gilroy, you guys may not be too familiar with the name, but you know him, kids. I mean, you you, you know what he's done. Liam and Anna, because both, both of you have read this, uh, Liam, several times, I think, he wrote the Phantom Menace comic. You know, the, the, the adaptation of The Phantom Menace, which we have and we love. Yeah, it's a great, I mean, it's, you know, it's a pretty uh, straight up retelling of The Phantom Menace, but still, pretty cool. Um, along with Wendy Miracle, he wrote the Clone Wars episode, Children of the Force, the episode that gave us our name. He did? Yes, he did. Uh, yeah. So, Henry Gilroy also wrote other episodes, including the Ryloth arc. He wrote that Legends comic that we've checked out from the library before. I think we might actually own it now, called Sith Hunters, which tells 
the story of Maul and Savage Opress between seasons four and five of the Clone Wars. Uh, he wrote the Siege of Lothal, the Rebels episode. He wrote Holocrons of Fate and uh, other Rebels episodes also. So, yeah. So Henry Gilroy is sort of up there with Dave Filoni as far as, um, you know, knowing how to tell these stories, I feel like. And uh, together, they're a powerhouse, which is pretty awesome. And directed by Dave Filoni, which um, I think is pretty obvious when you're watching the episode in a very good way. Um, so... So this, uh, we're doing a reaction core for this episode. The last one we did was for uh, Trials of the Darksaber, right? And uh, since then, we've had Legacy of Mandalore, where we find, you know, Sabine bringing the Darksaber to her mother, right? Yeah, and, that one uh, was, wow. Pretty great. And we had Through Imperial Eyes, which, uh, you know, we got to see Callus and, and uh, Thrawn figuring out at the very end that Callus is Fulcrum. Yeah, and I think he's known it for a while. Well, yeah, but he kind of confirmed it, sort of. Secret Cargo, the introduction of Mon Mothma into Rebels, which is awesome. Yeah, that's so We got cool. to see, like, what happened right after Mon Mothma spoke up against the Emperor. And a double agent droid, which was okay, and and sort of a little, I don't know, kind of a a, a detour a little bit. Hera uh, is so protective of Chopper. And, yes, and we found out how protective of Chopper Hera is, which I think in this episode, like when Chopper kind of shuts down on Tatooine, and Ezra's like, no, I think that's part of the reason. He's like, oh, Hera's gonna kill me. <laughs> I don't think that's why Ezra's really sad, but that might be part of it. Uh, so the episode starts off with Maul wandering the desert, which is, uh, you know, something that we saw in the, in the preview, right? Don't play it. No, I'm not going to play it because I know it creeps you guys out when he yells Ooh. Kenobi. So it does. <laughs> it is, it is pretty creepy. It's sufficiently creepy. And, uh, I don't know. I just think just seeing Maul wandering the deserts of Tatooine kind of reminds me of the last time we saw Maul. Well, not the last time we saw Maul on Tatooine, because that was in the Clone Wars. The first time we see Maul on Tatooine, which is the Phantom Menace. Right? He's a much different Maul then, isn't he? Mm -hmm. How far he's come. Very different. You know? Our, our, his story sort of started like, and ended on Tatooine like, oh, for us. Like, yeah, for oh, us, I'm at so least. smart and all this stuff. He's super smart. Like, yeah. this... He's more... He's like, this old man. Well, yeah, yeah. He's old beaten scoob. down. He's yeah. a he's just a beaten down. I feel bad for him. Yeah. This has totally abandoned him. Yeah. He doesn't even have a life anymore. <laughs> they should have. The Sith are so mean. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, the Sith are mean. We know that. So yes, we see this beaten down. Beaten down Maul, and he has an idea. He's going to lure Ezra, right? And then we see Ezra waking up, and uh, I like how we hear Obi-Wan Kenobi over the, the holocron, and there's a moment where he just goes, I regret, I regret, I regret, because it's kind of skipping, or sort of the, the, you know, the recording's malfunctioning. But think about Obi-Wan. He probably has some pretty big regrets, yeah. Right? So I thought that was that was kind of clever how they, you know, sort of repeated that a little bit as they were playing that message. He regrets a lot. And he's got some heavy stuff to live with. So, you know, Ezra gets this message and he thinks, oh, you know, Obi-Wan's in trouble. Maul's gonna, you know, come after him maybe. We have to go find him. But then uh, Rex says that Bail Organa confirmed Obi-Wan's death. Right? So that's, you know, part of the lie, right? Bail Organa letting everybody know that Obi-Wan's dead. 
because he doesn't want anyone looking for Obi-Wan. And so Ezra is kind of unraveling that lie, maybe, right? Because Ezra's like, he's alive. Well, no, 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 don't say that, Ezra. Don't say that, right? We don't want, you know, we don't want that information to get out. Right? Right. That would not be good. So Ezra shouldn't have left the planet, right? He had these responsibilities. He should not have gone after whatever he was going after. And his decision to go, because Hera tells him, you know, you got to stay. You have your responsibilities, right? Don't just go off because you think something might be wrong. And his decision to go reminds us a lot, or reminds me a lot, at least, of Luke's decision to go to Bespin, right? And Maul was sort of... Was Maul kind of doing the same thing Vader did, Anna, you think? How Vader was making... Well, later on he did, right? Maul makes Ezra suffer on Tatooine to draw Obi-Wan out. And Vader was making Han and Leia suffer on Bespin to draw Luke out, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's it's, uh, pretty similar in that way. So... Like, like Ezra was the bait. Right. And, yeah. Right. Um, And Obi-Wan was the one he's actually going after. Right, right, yeah. And, and remember, Obi-Wan tells Luke that he has more important things to do, a bigger fight, but Luke goes anyway. Luke leaves Dagobah. And uh, here, Ezra follows his gut and does what he thinks is right. Which, you know, is good, right? In a way, right? You should do what you think is right. You must do what you think is right, of course. That's what Obi-Wan tells Luke, right? Uh, so, But the problem is that Ezra's only a teenager. Right. And teenagers uh, don't always know what's best. Right? Now... Here's a little secret for you kids. Adults don't either. <laughs> but uh, but we have I'm a better idea. A teenager. We have a better idea. I'm a tween. <laughs> tween? But yeah, honest, teenager. I'm a te- tween. You're a tween, sure. She's in between a child and a teenager. Tween. In between. Tween. Get it? Tween. tween, yes. So, but adults usually just end up making it up as they go along anyway. So, just a little... Little behind the scenes information there, but you know we have life experience, so Ew. hopefully we have a little bit more to go on. <laughs> but Ezra thinks he's destined for something, right? He's he's kind of lost his humility, right? Like the Ezra from season one might say something like, uh, you know, but I'm just kind of some I'm not special. I'm just a street rat street rat from Lothal. He might say, right? But this Ezra would never say that. He would. He's very he's confident, but he's also pretty full of himself. True. You know, he's very, he's overconfident, isn't he? I don't know. What do you think, Liam? Is he, is Ezra overconfident? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I, I think so too. Overconfident, which honestly I think is great character development for Ezra. Right? His character has changed Mm -hmm. and that's good, you know, because if it's the same character, if he never changes, that's boring, right? So, I mean, it's good in a way. I just don't think that it's good for him as a character, right? Uh, like, I think he he kind of sees himself as just one person on Adelon, but he wants more, right? He's a little fish in this big, in this big, you know, ocean of the rebellion. But when he goes to Tatooine, he gets to be the big fish. He gets to be the one taking charge and making decisions and being on his own and being, you know, the big fish in a little pond instead of the little fish in the big ocean of the rebellion, right? Mm-hmm. But then what does he learn on Tatooine? He's not even fish. <laughs> Like you said, he's fish food. He's bait. True. Right? He's not fish. He is a he is a pawn 
to be used by the stronger chess pieces on the board, right? Or at least used by Maul, who would be, I don't know, the queen? Maybe the queen? Maybe. Because he can move in all directions? I don't know. <laughs> and he's super strong? I don't know. Uh, the metaphor kind of breaks down. <laughs> Not going to lie. So, so, uh, so I like when they get to Tatooine. I got to say, I love uh, the shots of ships flying toward planets in, in this episode. There's when Ezra kind of comes out of hyperspace and is flying toward Tatooine. And you get the, the big, huge shot of the ship flying in and the planet, the whole, the whole image is kind of rotating a little bit as the ship flies in. And then at the end of the episode, too, when, when Ezra's flying back to Adalon and it's just beautiful. It's, it's a classic Star Wars shot of a ship flying to a planet and i love the way it looks i think it looks mm -hmm. super cool me too yeah um so so chopper tags along of course and ezra didn't know that somehow until he got to tatooine chopper was very quiet in that back seat for the whole ride uh and then ezra uses the holocrons as like a compass kind of is there anything holocrons can't do i don't know ask a holocron <laughs> itself they'll tell you <laughs> well there i guess there isn't then we get them. Well, we could ask the hologram. We could ask our our uh, twenty questions hologram. Mm, but it's twenty questions, so it mm. doesn't answer stuff. That's like true. That. That's true. <laughs> we can ask so I guess Yoda. I guess there is something that can't Yoda. do. Oh, between between our magic eight ball Yoda and our twenty questions hologram, we can have all the answers. Da da da. <laughs> Yoda. That's us, Yoda. I'm gonna do that when we get to Yoda. And you're asking if there's anything a holocron can't do. Right. Okay. If he says no, that means he can do everything. <clears throat> right. He says yes. But he also says, like, feel the force around you. Only then will you find the answer. Or, hmm, <laughs> that is too hard. Or something. <laughs> something, but yeah. I don't have the force. Sorry, Yoda. Stop telling us to do things <laughs> we can't do. Come on, Yoda. Yeah. So, so Ezra says, stay with the ship, which is what Anakin tells R2 as he, when he uh, is on Mustafar. And also I believe Luke says that to R2 at some point in the original trilogy. Anyway, Chopper says no problem. <laughs> like he basically says no problem, right? Like, I don't know. No problem. He's like, <laughs> 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 so, uh, Tusken Raiders. I didn't see it coming. Forgot that there were Tusken Raiders on Tatooine. Same, same, same. But there they are. <laughs> Right. Here, so, here's my was that actually good? I'm gonna try uh, 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 Yeah, pretty good. That sounded like a chicken. There we go. That sounded even more like a chicken. That sounded like a chicken with some kind of voice box in it. That's a baby Tuscan Raider, maybe. Okay. So Ezra sees a vision of Maul. So they, they get attacked by the Tuscan Raiders and Maul kills all of them. But Ezra doesn't see that happen. But you guys were expecting Obi-Wan to appear and save yeah, Ezra. Like he but, did with... Uh, like he did with Luke, right? Right. Yeah. I was kind of thinking that would happen too. But nope. Maul did it. Maul saved Ezra. Because he wanted to... He, he was bait. Exactly. Yeah. If he killed it's not the like Tusken he... Raiders, then they wouldn't kill Ezra. Right. And he Ezra. needed and he Ezra. Needed them. Yeah. yeah. He thinks the explosion of a ship... Like, blew it up. Like, like, scared the Tusken Raiders away, but, but it was not the ship at all. The Tusken Raiders right. blew up the ship, and they were like, yeah. Oh, right, and Maul didn't scare them away. Maul killed them on the spot. 
right? Yeah. True. So, um, yeah. So then Ezra sees the next morning uh, a vision of Maul, and he decides to walk out into the big desert. Wow. Uh, and he, and he how tells, dumb is he? <laughs> not smart. He tells Chopper to find a settlement and go the other way. And I probably one of my favorite Chopper moments ever was just when Chopper looked back and forth, mm. back and forth. I think it and then he gave like, a huge sigh. He goes, uh, and he follows Ezra. Um, I think it's kind of like three PO and R two. That scene. yeah, it reminds me of because it's on that Tatooine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. too. Yep. It but he doesn't me. follow R two. He goes mm-hmm. another way. Right. Right. So, but Chopper, you know, he's loyal. He wants to stay with Ezra because he he cares about him. Uh, so Chopper doesn't do what's really right either because he really should be going to look for a settlement to find a ship. But Chopper kind of does what he feels is right also. Chopper follows his gut. Does Chopper have a gut? gut, Yeah, his gut is following Ezra. His gut is is staying with his friends. Yeah, right. I think Chopper really kind of changes in this one. You see how, like, how he can actually, like, care and have feelings and basically, like... He's not joking around. He knows this is serious. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like he even at the end, yeah. like when everyone's putting their arms on Ezra because they're like, because they're so glad he's back. Yeah. Chopper literally just sticks out one of his hands and puts it on Ezra's yeah. back. Yeah, and I was like, good. oh my gosh, that's so cute. It is. It is. And like the fact that he even went with Ezra at all. Right. Like, he I didn't know. have to go with him. He, he didn't have to go with him at all. You know, he was sneaking around, and he popped in the ship and hid, and I, yeah. I mean, it's because he cared about Ezra. He wanted to make sure Ezra wasn't going to do anything super stupid, which, I thought Ezra he did knew. Anyway. I thought yeah, Ezra knew that yeah. Chopper was in there I thought until maybe, Chopper, like, hit him with his yeah, head. Yeah, right. I thought <laughs> that was kinda, funny. I thought maybe they were sneaking around together also, but but no, <laughs> Chopper was going off. I don't know. I maybe, saw Chopper get into that ship. Did you? Hmm. Yeah, at the very beginning. Maybe, uh, maybe Hera told Chopper to keep an eye on Ezra. Maybe. Maybe, yeah. Uh, oh, oh, one thing that I thought of was uh, when Ezra goes to see the holocrons, you know, at the beginning of the episode, mm-hmm. and uh, and he goes to see the holocrons, and Kanan isn't in his bedroom. But isn't it the middle of the night? I know, that's weird. Where was Kanan? I don't know. I think he was visiting Hera in, in Hera's bedroom, because I think they're space married, but they don't want people to know it. <laughs> <laughs> just gonna say it ha- hashtag space married oh yeah totally they're in love they've you've seen i mean they've hugged before they obviously care about each other like in, in, in a, like, in a like romantic, a romantic way. way right okay okay yeah but what why space married because <laughs> it's in space isn't it's this supposed silly. to be a kid's podcast <laughs> but is we there something talk about we're getting a little mature here is there something wrong yeah. with people marrying <laughs> being space married or something yeah i don't think you know the fact that they might have a relationship is not something that is too mature for our podcast. I think it's it's fine. So, um, okay, I kind of agree with you. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a big deal. All right, so Ezra walks through the desert, right? And we know that Maul leads him out there in order to make him suffer. Which, like we said, you know, is, is kind of like what Vader did with, with Luke and uh, Han and Leia, right? Tortured Han and Leia just to make them suffer in order to, to, to lure Luke to him. Um... But but Maul doesn't hide this from Ezra. He tells him. True. In in his sort of like, I don't know, his disembodied voice way. Like Maul is communicating to Ezra. 
through the force with his voice and making Ezra see visions of Maul. Oh, that's because they were connected by the holocron, right? Right. Is there going to be like some sort of hole in Ezra's heart now? That's or, what like, I was thinking. Is Ezra going to be like like half the person he should be now that Maul's dead? Because they had that connection. And maybe that's why Ezra says at the end, you know, that we're not going to be seeing Maul anymore because he doesn't know what happened. He doesn't know for sure, right? Right. Maybe he can feel it because he has that connection with Maul. Ah, weird. I wonder if that's going to affect him at all now that he doesn't have a connection that he used to have. Huh. So anyway, Ezra collapses in the desert, right? And Obi-Wan rescues him and Ezra wakes up around that campfire that we saw in the second half of season three trailer. And Obi-Wan says, you're in the wrong place, Ezra Bridger. Ah, they lie to us with their trailers. Is that what you thought when you saw that at first, Liam? Did you think, you lied to us, Star Wars. You lied. No. No? Because... I don't get that. Because in the trailer, Maul says, you're in the wrong place. And then they show Maul. So you assume that he's saying that to, to Maul, right? But in the show, he actually says, you're in the wrong place, Ezra Bridger, right? He's actually talking to Ezra. So it just, it, it's like, it's like they're lying to us, right? They lie to us with their trailers. <laughs> but they aren't lying we, to us. <laughs> kind we of. just didn't know how to Well, it's, eh, uh, it's lying. I mean, they're tricking us, right? But that's how trailers are. And we just need to know that when we watch a trailer, that that's, that's how it is. Um, so what does it mean that Obi-Wan Kenobi knows Ezra's name. How does... Liam, how do you think Obi-Wan knows Ezra's name? Because he has the Force. Yeah? That's yeah. it? He's probably like a legend. Ezra? Yeah, Ezra. He's done oh, so many things. That's true. I mean, there's the Bridger, uh, the Ezra, you know, the, the transmission that he made. Right. People heard that across yeah. the galaxy. Maybe he stopped at... Um, Luke's house and got this newspaper saying all about Ezra or something. Mm, that could be. <laughs> uh, is Obi-Wan Kenobi learning to live beyond death? Right? Isn't that one thing that he's learning to do on Tatooine? That was one of his jobs, was really to com communicate that. with Qui-Gon. Right? At the end of Revenge of the Sith, Yoda, Yoda says, uh, a lesson I have for you. Right? An old master, an old friend has a, has learned to live beyond death, right? And he's going to teach you. So just like Qui-Gon was teaching Yoda the secret to, to becoming a force ghost, right? right. Uh, he's also teaching Obi-Wan on Tatooine the secret to becoming a force ghost. He's the first one to learn that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and I wonder whether or not, you know how Yoda communicated with Ezra, even though Ezra never went to Dagobah? Yeah. Right in the in the temples and uh, the temple on Lothal, mm -hmm. Ezra and Yoda. So mm -hmm. I wonder if Yoda and Obi Wan can communicate too, and maybe like you know once a month they just kind of call each other in the Force, and Yoda's like, eh, talk to this kid Ezra Bridger. You heard of him? He's got the Force. He's uh, working with Kanan. Remember Kanan? He was a uh, Dubbalaba. Oh yeah, Kanan. I think he used to be called Caleb back then. Yeah, yeah, Caleb. Yeah, he was Depa Balaba's Padawan. Yeah, remember that one time when he asked me that question in the library about, you know, sending the signal to tell Jedi to leave Coruscant instead of to come to Coruscant? And I was like, why would we ever want to do that? And he's like, I don't know. That came in handy later. <laughs> <laughs> I 
that's actually the first scene of uh, a new dawn, which is um, the story of Canaan and Hera meeting. Yeah, the first scene is when when Caleb Doom was just a little youngling, and he's talking, you know, about maybe we should. What would what would happen if we, you know, why why would we want to get all the Jedi to come to the temple? What if we wanted to send them away for some reason? And everybody's like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> and then it turns out that's what Obi Wan has to do. <laughs> anyway, so uh, so then you know Obi Wan and Ezra have this conversation, and. And Ezra's so confident that he was meant to be there. And Obi-Wan's like, no, you were tricked by Maul. And I love this line that Obi-Wan says. I have no intentions of fighting him. I have no, I had, I had. He said, it kind of sounds like I have when you listen to it, but it's actually I had. If you listen really closely, he says, I had no intention of fighting him, though that seems inevitable now. Thanks a lot, kid. That's not what he said. He, but, he doesn't say that. But he kind of like even gives this I'm little like assuming inevitable means like um like unavoidable. Unavoidable, yes, inevitable. Yep. <laughs> but he kind of gives this little sideways glance backwards at Ezra when he says that. Though that seems inevitable now. Like man, he really. What was he planning on doing? He knew Maul was on Tatooine. He was probably just gonna hide out and let Maul wander until he died. Right. Yep. He didn't want to confront him. He didn't want to do that fight. Oh, he wants not a fighter anymore. You know, he doesn't want to fight. He's an old man that likes to rest on this little planet. <laughs> and ride a and ride a very friendly dooback. That dooback that don't look a thing like a dooback. Seriously? No. <laughs> he, the dooback. I swear, the dooback had a smile. Like I don't know. What What did you think it was? A weird beast we've never seen before. <laughs> it was a dooback. That was a dooback. Do not look a thing yeah. like the dooback. It was a pretty cartoony dooback. Yeah, live it's action true. and cartoons they yeah. can look a lot yeah. different. <laughs> so, so Ezra is still under the mistaken impression that Obi Wan is the answer to destroying the Sith. But he's right? not. It but, said that it was on Tatooine. Right. It never said there was Obi-Wan. So, but the holocron, and actually both of the holocrons, when they're put together, did show Ezra and Maul something. So when Obi-Wan said that the holocron only showed him what he wanted to see, that's not really true, is it? Ezra mm-hmm. didn't even know who Obi-Wan was. Well, he kind of knew him. He saw the holocron. But he didn't know he was still alive. He had no idea. Right? Right. So it's not like the vision was only created in Ezra's brain. The holocron did show them something. They, it showed them two sons. It showed them Tatooine, right? right? They didn't make that up. So Obi-Wan's kind of not totally right. It Do seems... he's meaning to me not right? Hmm, I think, you know, he's, he's right from a certain point of view, I suppose, right? Like, um, the fact that Ezra felt like he had to go there, that's not true. The holocron didn't say that to him, right? Right. So it seemed like the holocron does have some sort of knowledge of its own. Like there's some sort of like almost like a brain inside the holocron, right? Right. Or or like the, the force most knowledge oh, being ever maybe or the force works through the holocron. And the force uh, has probably the force knows stuff everything. it seems like. The Basically, force Basically it seems like it knows everything. Yeah, cuz it gives visions of the future and stuff. You right. can get those through the force. But so where's the force get that? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> from the people writing the story. <laughs> but then where do the people from the story get them? Their In brains. Their okay. But where does their minds evolve? How? Well, there's whole books on evolutionary biology True. that'll tell you that about True. that. Yeah. So True. all right, okay. so 
so Obi-Wan tells, tells Ezra that Maul, quotes led you here where you should never have been. So first he says, you're in the wrong place. And then he says, you should never have been here. What does that even mean? I'm Ezra not... should not be on Tatooine. He's in the wrong place. It's almost like, like the people writing the story are saying, yeah, we know Ezra shouldn't be on Tatooine. <laughs> We're going to get him out of here. So, you know, Obi-Wan says, go north, get out of here. Don't, don't ruin this scene, you know? <laughs> and a lot of people expressed quite a bit of anxiety before this episode aired. They were really worried that Ezra was going to interfere. And they just wanted Maul and Obi-Wan to fight. They didn't want any, anyone else there. So I think they did, they did a good job of it. You know, Ezra was there, but then he left. And then we had the, the, the final confrontation. And, uh, it wasn't much of a fight. It was more uh, like posing than a few strikes. Than right. So we have not. Yeah. You guys have not watched uh, Rebels Recon yet, but they do talk about how sh how it's a short a short duel, and we'll talk about it here, and we will watch that after the show. Um, so Obi Wan says, "I will mend this old wound. You know, like, <laughs> I will fix this. He got mend mad. means fix, and yeah, oh yeah. Maul did not like hearing that. And Maul says, "Why have you come to this place?" Not simply to hide. And then he says, uh, Oh, you have a purpose here. And Obi-Wan's face changes a little bit. What do you mean? Changes? Right? Obi-Wan kind of like, he's like, Oh, no, wait. You, he just hit on something, you know? Like, um, Obi-Wan kind of starts to give it away that Maul is saying something that is really affecting Obi-Wan. And Maul can see that he's hit this nerve in Obi-Wan. And he starts pulling on that thread, right? He says, perhaps you are protecting something. And then Obi-Wan's look shifts again just a little bit. And then he says, no, protecting someone. And then what does Obi-Wan do? He ignites his lightsaber. <laughs> I am mad. He's like. Give me a fight. I want one now. Yes. Oh, is that what? Is that why Maul is come saying that? Come and get me. Or is that what, what, is that what Obi-Wan's saying? Yeah. Yes. He's like, Come and get me. Because I'm, you will I'm not. ready to fight now. Because you will not get to Luke Skywalker. The fact that Maul figured that out was like, his death yeah. sentence. Once he said that, Obi-Wan had no choice. Because if he killed Obi-Wan and then he would what? Try to find out what Obi-Wan was protecting? Who he was protecting? His Obi -Wan last word, had to... if you consider it a word, is... <sighs> it's a scream. Hmm, Most not quite. people's last Not quite. Words There's words after, remember? We're going to get to that. All right. So Obi-Wan ignites that lightsaber and it's on. Because there ain't no way that Maul's getting to Luke, right? You got between a mama bear and his cub. All right, Obi-Wan's the mama bear. Luke's the cub. <laughs> I didn't Maul is in between. Is a girl. <laughs> yeah. In this metaphor, he is. And uh, you don't get between a mama bear and her cub. So Obi-Wan is ready to go. And and yes, they they seem to be posing Right? They, they're trying, it's almost like they're, they're fighting without fighting. Like Obi-Wan's like... Like they're doing different forms, right? And this is something that old samurai, uh, samurai sword duels that, that they do, right? Because, because if you are in this position, that means you might start fighting this way. And if you're going to fight that way, then I'm going to, I'm going to get into this position so I can defend against you, Right? So that's what they're doing. They're, you know, they're making little small foot movements. Small is kind of shifting a little bit. Maul can't quite decide how he's going to attack. Obi-Wan moves just a little bit. 
tensing up to get ready for it. Obi-Wan doesn't move that much, though. Maul moves quite a bit, because Maul is you're not quite sure what to do. Um, on Rebels Recon, Henry Gilroy talks about how they've fought enough times, Obi-Wan and Maul have fought enough times, that they know each other's moves, right? That they kind of know what they might do. So that's why you see this, you know, they're kind of staring each other down, like, what am I going to do? What's he going to do? Also, maybe they don't have quite as much power as they used to. Like, during the Clone Wars, it was all fast, you know, somersaulting and spinning all around and stuff, right? But Now but, they don't have that kind of power anymore. Right, when you see they're Obi-Wan weak. fight Vader on the Death Star, he's pretty slow. And and they talked about that, too, that, that on Rebels Recon, that they wanted to kind of start to move toward that a little bit, right? Because it would be really pretty unrealistic if Obi-Wan's flipping around and stuff. Right. And then, what, two years later, he's, you know... <laughs> It's just like Grandpa Obi Wan <laughs> barely moving against Darth Vader. Right <laughs> you killed me. <laughs> so, uh, and they also point out that the move that Maul tries on Obi Wan that results in Obi Wan cutting his lightsaber in half and slicing him down the chest and killing him is the same move that Maul used on Qui Gon Jinn in the Phantom Menace when he killed him. And I think that is just amazing that they <laughs> did that. So amazing that you know Obi Wan. Obi Wan learned from that, you know. Um, and Dave Filoni also says when you talk with someone who's a really good sword fighter, they tell you that that people who are really good don't have long fights. The fights are short. True. And actually, like we've watched fencing before, right? Have you watched? You guys have watched fencing with me. No. I mean, it's like sing. You know, like you know, swipe, swipe, done. You know, like it's wow. super fast. So, so fast you can barely even see it. And then, and then they, you know, get a point. And that point, you know, if they didn't have this big armor chest thing and they actually had a sword, that would be, you know, I just stabbed you in the chest, you know. So, you. right, yeah. right. So it is fast. It's very fast. And, uh, you know, I think part of me was really expecting, I was expecting a big battle. I was fine with what we got. I think it made sense. I think it was, it was very um, appropriate. What do you think, Liam? Did you expect more? Were you disappointed that it was so fast? Mm. No, didn't, you, you no, didn't. No, you were no, fine with it. I oh, didn't yeah. expect more, but I was a little disappointed that it yeah. was that fast. Mm. I mean, I guess it makes sense, but I'm still a little disappointed. I wish it was more like into it, like mm. people like moving around and. Almost slicing, mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. not. I yeah. wish it was a little more like that. Yeah. Instead of just so short, like it was like three moves. Yeah. So there's a there's a movie called The Seven Samurai that uh, that this sword fight is based on, okay. and and a very similar thing happens, right? Where there's like two really good sword fighters, and and the fight is very fast like that, and that's like the climax of the movie, I think. Not quite sure, but I I watched a clip, a video clip online. I might I might link to that in the uh, in the show notes or on the website on childrenoftheforce.com when I write this up when I write up the the show guide. I might include a video of that. I saw that video via uh, retrozap.com. They have a really good breakdown of this episode and they talk about um, samurai movies and different aspects of those that kind of play into this episode. Um, and George Lucas actually you know, the original Star Wars and, and many, uh, much of Star Wars is based on old samurai movies, old Kurosawa movies, the director Kurosawa. Um, I have not personally watched any of those movies, but I've wanted to, and I probably should. Um, 
so I cannot, I cannot talk knowledgeably, knowledgeably about it. Um, but I know that if you Googled Kurosawa Star Wars, you would find many, 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 many pieces about all the similarities between those movies and the influences, uh, on, on the original trilogy and the prequels and the Clone Wars and Rebels, all of them. It's all over the place. So, so Maul is dead. And his dying words, his dying words to Obi-Wan, as Obi-Wan cradles him in his arms, his words are, tell me, is it the chosen one? Because the thing that was said right before this was protecting someone. And he's asking, is it the chosen one that you're protecting? Is it the chosen one? And Obi-Wan says, he is. So... And then... But he knows he's gonna die. He can't tell anybody. Oh, that's fine. Yes, you're right. Obi-Wan knows. Like, this is Maul's last moment. It's okay. I can tell him. And then Maul says, he will avenge us. So, he will... It was foretold that the Chosen One would destroy the Sith, right? And Maul has been cast out by the Sith. Palpatine, Sidious, you know, uh, left Maul... Well, he never went to go f- try to find Maul. Maul survived. He didn't realize that, right? But then when Maul got some power and got a brother, right? He killed his brother, put him in prison. And then in the Son of Dathomir comics, he killed his mother. So, you know, Palpatine, the Sith, ruined Maul's life also. Maul's life, his whole life was ruined by the Sith. From when he was a kid and, and trained by Palpatine. He was nothing but a tool. He could have had a life. You know, so he wants, he hopes that the Chosen One destroys the Sith. And he, he actually tells Ezra on, on uh, at the end of Season 2 of Rebels, on that planet that I'm not, Malachor, Malachor, yeah. Um, he tells Ezra that we will destroy the Sith. Oh no, is that the Sun? The Sun says that in Mortis. No. That's, that's, they're, they're both voiced by Sam Whitmer. So I hear Sam Whitmer's voice in my head saying, we will destroy the Sith. Uh, I think that was Maul who said that. (laughs) I can't remember when now though. Anyway. Um, so, okay. So Obi-Wan thinks that Luke is the chosen one. Do you think that Luke is the chosen one, Liam? Um, I don't really think so. I've never heard that. Anybody thinking he was the chosen one except that Obi-Wan. Right. Then. Right. Who is the chosen one? Anakin. Anakin. How about you, Anna? Mm. Do you think Luke's the chosen one now that Obi-Wan said he's the chosen one? I guess. That's kind of just what I assumed. But now that he brought it up, I don't know. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So, I think there's a few ways. Let's say that Obi-Wan is wrong, right? Why would Obi-Wan think that Luke is the chosen one even though he's not? Why would Obi-Wan think that the Chosen One isn't Anakin? Because Anakin turned to the dark side. Right. It was said the Chosen One would destroy the Sith, not join them. Right? Right. And he says, you know, and and Anakin says, you know, from my point of view, the Jedi are evil. And Obi-Wan says, then you are lost. You know, Obi-Wan has given up on Anakin. He has zero hope for Anakin. So Anakin can't be the Chosen One. If there is a such thing as the Chosen One, in Obi-Wan's mind... He can't be the Chosen One. In fact, Obi-Wan might even think that Anakin is dead at this point. He might think that Anakin died on Mustafar. 
No, I mean like that his bot, like he's actually dead. That Vader, like Obi-Wan might not even know that there's a person called Vader. I mean, he knew that Anakin was Darth Vader because he saw the, the, the hologram in Revenge of the Sith of Chancellor Palpatine saying, you will be known as Darth Vader, right? He no, saw that. You will so, be known as Darth Vader. So I guess, you know, we can kind of assume that Obi-Wan knows that there's still a person out there in the galaxy called Darth Vader because he's probably heard about him, you know, on his trips to, uh, on his trips to the cantina, maybe. <laughs> he heard the, you know, spacers talking about Darth Vader. I don't know. So he probably knows Anakin's out there still in the form of Darth Vader. Maybe he just doesn't want to Empire. believe that he's still the chosen one. Right. That would be a hard thing to believe that this monster is the chosen one. You right. know, that would mean that the prophecy of the chosen one is wrong. Right. Well, because he doesn't see, be? he doesn't see a way out. He doesn't see a way of Vader coming back from the dark side. Right. Okay. So, so that's Obi-Wan is wrong. Let's say that Obi-Wan is just lying to Maul. By saying that he is. Maybe Obi-Wan is doing a mercy for Maul. You know, giving him the answer that he wants because he's dying. He just tells Maul True. what he wants to hear. That would be very sad. It would be very kind yeah, of would. Obi-Wan, wouldn't it? Especially because he was like his enemy yeah. since he was... And he killed, killed his, his master. master. Right, yeah, I he know. he killed his master. I know. Enemy since the very first movie. Right. Now, what if Obi-Wan is right and Luke is the chosen one? Now this would be this would be new information for us in canon, right? And this might get us a little bit stuck in the weeds, but we're gonna back up to 2014 when what? when books That's before I was born. <laughs> 2014 was three years ago. Oh, then you went 2004. <laughs> yes, 2014. So Lucasfilm was sold to Disney, right? And all of the books that came out before, right, were made legends. Okay, so they, they didn't count for the official story. And then everything that came out after that point was canon. I mean, maybe not the Lego stuff, stuff like that, right? But for the most part, you know, TV shows, books, all that stuff are, are the official story, what we call canon. Um, but before that split happened, before 2014, whatever George Lucas said was canon. So when George Lucas kind of jokingly... Whatever George Lucas said was canon was canon. Right. So when he sort of jokingly said, like on a stage one time when Jon Stewart was interviewing him, that Obi-Wan Kenobi's home planet is Stujon, that became canon. I mean, that is in Ultimate Star Wars, which is like the book of canon. You know, that's on Wikipedia that in the canon Obi-Wan portion. Obi-Wan's home planet? Stujon. Yes. So, <laughs> named after Jon Stewart, the comedian. Yes. So I, so I feel like Stujon is sort of a, like a, a litmus, like a test case, right? That might prove the theory that George statements made before 2014 were also canon. Because they never said that when they made this switch. They never said, oh, also, in addition to the movies and the novelizations based on the movies um, and the Clone Wars, in addition to that, everything that George Lucas has said is also canon. They never said that. But, so George Lucas said in the special features of Revenge of the Sith, he said that Anakin is the Chosen One, even when he's Darth Vader. That Anakin is, without a doubt, the Chosen One. George Lucas said that. What if there's two Chosen Ones? <laughs> dun, dun, dun! 
So if Obi-Wan is right and Luke actually is the chosen one, then that means that statements that George Lucas used to say uh, can be considered legends unless they're confirmed in canon. So George Lucas also said that uh, that he thinks that uh, Boba Fett survived the Sarlacc. Is that canon? Is it legends? Until we know for sure in a canon source, we're going to call it legends, right? And this reminds me of an image that I made when George Lucas received the Disney uh, Legend Award for a legendary filmmaker or whatever. Um, and it's just an image of George Lucas, and it says, used to be canon, now he's a legend. <laughs> <laughs> so... George Lucas is legends now. So the title of this episode, let's do some recap stuff here. Title of the episode, Twin Sons. And of course they're talking about the sons of Tatooine, right? But what if we look at sons in the different way? It's spelled S-O-N-S. And we have Obi-Wan, who is the son of the Jedi, and Maul, who is the son of the Sith. Two. Pretty cool. Twin sons. Twin. Right? They both sons. had... You know, Maul lost the Jedi, you know, and, 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 and sorry, Maul lost the Sith, and Obi-Wan lost the Jedi. They're both orphans, sort of, in a way, right? They're both That's weird. people without a home, right? Hmm. So remember a few episodes ago when Sabine's mom is asking her where she got the Darksaber, and Sabine says that she got it from Maul, but then it's pointed out that she didn't actually defeat Maul, so it's not really hers by right? According to, to tradition, yeah. it's not hers. Mm -hmm. So, does that mean that Obi-Wan Kenobi is the rightful owner of the Darksaber? Oh my gosh! <laughs> yes. Yes? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't know. O that would be so crazy. Goodness. So, so related, and I'm going to get back to the Darksaber. Zeb, when Ezra lands on the planet, Ezra has Maul's Mandalorian ship now, right? So Ezra in a Mandalorian ship, and Zeb says, tell me this means what I think it means. And Ezra says, we won't be seeing Maul again. He doesn't say, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi killed Maul. He doesn't say that. He says, we won't be seeing Maul again. Is Ezra taking credit for, for uh, killing Maul? Like, is he going to tell people? Like, what if... Or or is he trying to keep Obi-Wan a secret? Sure. So by keeping... Because he knows that he needs to keep Obi-Wan a secret, how is he going to explain how he knows that we won't be seeing Maul again? Will he say, I killed him? And if Ezra is going to tell everybody that he killed Maul, and there's no way to disprove that, will everyone think that Ezra is the rightful owner of the Darksaber? And will Ezra go and rule Mandalore? Oh. What? Oh wow! I don't this know. Is, this is this is wow. You keep you bring up so many good points, and I never ever thought of them ever before. You told them to me. Oh, that's what I'm here for, Anna. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I don't know. Uh, Ezra better not tell anybody about Obi Wan. Yeah, he'd better not. Better not. So at the very end of the episode, we see the Lars homestead, and we hear Baru saying, "Luke, Luke." Which is great. And then we see Obi-Wan watching Luke running across the horizon. And he's thinking. And what is he? Is he rethinking, like, Luke? Luke will be... If Luke is the chosen one. If Luke is the, our new hope. You know, if he is going to defeat the Sith. Which, as Obi-Wan Obi -Wan thinks, this is Luke's destiny. 
He doesn't realize that Anakin's still the Chosen One. He thinks Luke is the Chosen One. Now he's thinking, oh, Luke is going to avenge Maul? Like, <laughs> that's kind of weird. Wait. Right? <laughs> is that the very starting of the fourth movie? Like, is that going on at the very starting of the first movie? Is that what's happening on Tatooine? No, no this is about two years before, still. But that would be so cool if that was actually what was <laughs> happening on Tatooine at the same exact time the fourth movie starts. Hmm. But that couldn't have happened because there's more of Rebels. Yeah. And those episodes would be during episode four, which right. they aren't. Yeah, they're, they're still... in between episode right. three and four. True. 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 All right. So just a couple more thoughts here about, about this episode that I think, uh, I just love that it's making me think about Star Wars differently. Um, and also it allows me to kind of think about Star Wars in the same way that I did in 1999, which is, which is Obi-Wan Kenobi kills Darth Maul. How did Darth Maul die? Obi-Wan Kenobi killed him. Oh, so he actually did kill him? He didn't get robot lives like everyone else has? But if you were to ask, like, for example, my mom and dad, if you were to ask them who killed Darth Maul, they would say Obi-Wan Kenobi, and they'd be right. That's funny. Now that I think about it, Obi-Wan avenged um, Qui-Gon. Qui-Gon Jinn. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Twice. I mean, he thought he did once, and then he got to... Yeah. (laughs) So, I think it's pretty cool. You should it's... ask your parents who <laughs> kill them. They'll be like, correct, but not the way you think. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, it seems like at the end of this episode, everything kind of resets a little bit, right? All is as it used to be. Ezra's All back. Is as the fourth will be. As the fourth will be. As the fourth will be. All is as the fourth will it. Sure. Ezra's back with the ghost crew. Yay! And he's not on Tatooine, because that was weird, right? Ezra on Tatooine, what? What about that? And uh, Maul is dead instead of alive, because that was weird, right? Maul wasn't dead after he got cut in half, what? Right, that's weird. That's weird. What? Oh, he wanted to die? What? (laughs) So, speaking of the Phantom Menace, this, I'm showing you kids a photo now. This photo appeared... In Vanity Fair, the magazine, in 1999, February of 1999, is a two-page photo spread of Obi-Wan Kenobi and Darth Maul fighting on Tatooine, which never happened in The Phantom Menace. So in a way, now it happened. (laughs) That's funny. You know, it was just many, many years later. (laughs) And they don't look anything alike. No, they're they're a lot older now. There was that kind of look how old you become moment, right, when... You know, it wasn't the same thing, but Maul said, look at what, look what's happened to you, right? And then Obi-Wan says, I have, you know, outlived it, or what did he say? I've, I've overcome my something. Can't remember. But it just reminded me of when Kylo says to Lars That's Antica, exactly what I was thinking. Look how old you've become, yeah. Like, yep. and then what does Lars Antica say back to him? Something far worse has happened to you. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> something far worse has happened to him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, being old isn't, isn't bad. So, compared, 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 Daddy, compared <laughs> to going to the dark side. Okay. It's not nearly as bad. Okay, well, it's, I'm glad to hear it. Are you <laughs> calling me old? <laughs> you always call yourself old. Yeah, well, I guess. Actually, being old is worse than going to the dark side. What? If I could go Very to the dark side and so. stay young, I totally would. No, you wouldn't. No, I wouldn't at all, of course. 
So I don't even want to stay young. I want to die. I mean, I don't like want to die. Want to die. Okay. But, not right now. But I don't want to live forever. Young to die I don't right want to live forever. Right. Yeah, We're way too young yeah. to die. So next week is the one hour finale, zero hour, and uh, zero hour. I, I Wikipedia'd it because I wanted to get a good definition, and it is according to Wikipedia. The scheduled time for the start of some event, especially a military operation. So zero hour means like, this is the time where we go now. Like we've been planning this event and now we're going to do it. So does that mean it's zero hour for the empire to attack the rebellion? Or is it zero hour for the rebellion to attack the Lothal factory and try to kick the empire off Lothal? I mean, at the end of this episode, Ezra says, let's go home. He's talking about Lothal. How cool would it be if the next season of Rebels, they're back on Lothal? And basically live there. That would be so cool. That and they blow would be it perfect. up. <laughs> it would be perfect. And they blow it up. No. Yeah, they blow up the no, big thing. They bomb though. the big thing. They just live on. And kill Thrawn. And then, and then, and then Hera and, and Kanan would officially have their wedding. Officially. Mm. Is that how Rebels wedding. is going to end? Yes. They could get married by the lake on Naboo? Yes. Yeah. With, with uh with chopper and uh ap5 looking on uh, <laughs> and all the rebel crew and sabine oh and everyone else there can you think sabine will come back in the next episode i don't know Kanan's that seems kind of kanan's a jedi sabine is my favorite character. actually he's not a jedi anymore he's kind of like ahsoka he's a rogue jedi he's not mm. he doesn't play by like that rule kind of yeah I think he's sort of learning from the Bendu a little bit and starting to follow this middle way. Maybe. We'll see. Yeah, I think it's too soon for Sabine to come back, but she probably will. Probably. With some Mandos. Because I really miss her. Yeah. She's mm. my favorite character. Yeah. But it would be even worse if she died. Uh, so there was one Snoke theory that was uh, cut in half on this episode, and that is that Maul is Snoke. That's Maul. a really good theory, Maul but... Maul is not Snoke. That's <sighs> sad. Now too we know. sad. Yeah. Just, just too sad. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, kids, for discussing this Rebels episode with me. You're and, welcome. Uh, and thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, let us know what you thought of the episode. And, you know, next week, I think we might be back with another Reaction Core episode about the season finale. Of Rebels. Probably we'll see. We'll long. see. I'm not sure. But yeah, it's a two-hour episode, and and uh, I have a feeling we'll have a lot to talk about, but we might just do a regular episode. I'm not sure. Two hours? So each episode would be an hour, uh, hour long? Each episode would be an hour-long podcast? Oh, no. So, you know, a Rebels episode is 22 minutes long, so this is going to be a one-hour Rebels episode. Did I say a two-hour episode? Yep. Oh, a two-episode finale is what I meant to say. A <laughs> little more. Than two episodes, though. No. If it's an hour. Well, it won't be an... Yeah. It's a 44-minute episode. There we go. Or 43... 46, maybe. Anyway. All right. Well, um... Thank you, everyone, for listening. And we're going to go out listening to a little bit of a... A little bit of Rebels goodness from this episode. So, we'll see y'all next week. See y'all.
tell me, is he the chosen one? He is. He will avenge us. <laughs> <laughs>